You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we are back, right? And we are excited that we are here for a brand new episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the God Life Culture Podcast. Last week was our first episode back, right, uh, from a small hiatus, right, at the beginning of the year that we always take off some time. And uh, we're glad that you're joining us today, that you are here for another conversation, another podcast if you're not subscribed, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can be notified every time we drop a new episode. And we are just uh, excited to be back and here for another conversation. Mm-hmm. And we want to remind everybody about the event yes. that is happening March 10th through the 12th. Eddie, let us know what is happening. Yeah, so we have this uh, family conference under the theme As For Me In My House. We have the special guest, Priscilla Berrios, who if you haven't heard of her yet, feel free to go back into um you know apple podcast or spotify wherever you listen to us and search for the episodes we had her on as a guest we had her on for two separate episodes uh within the last one and two uh one or two years and it's a very informative episode speaking on mental health speaking about mental health in relation to the church and that's what we'll be speaking about during that weekend yeah for sure so we hope to see you there march 10th through the 12th the as for me and my house family conference dm us on instagram if you want more information the flyers up there yeah uh but we look forward to seeing you on that weekend. yes and don't forget as we mentioned last episode we're having a live podcast q a moment if you're not able to make it in person feel free to send us your questions is there a question specifically in relation to mental health that you would like for us to ask is there some other question in relation to how should a church deal with mental health or mental health their uh, family members deal with mental health send those to us as well and we'll try to get them answered on that podcast absolutely so today we want to have a conversation and this actually stemmed from our bible class right that we teach on sundays and we thought it was a conversation that we should definitely bring up and have on our podcast right and uh, we're studying the book of joshua Mm -hmm. right in our bible class on sundays And, you know, we are kind of in the middle or in the beginning of Joshua and we are reading Joshua chapter two and we came across the story of Rahab. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's just one of those things where I think you hear Rahab and, you know, like she's one of the important women of the Bible. Right. Or common women in the Bible that you hear when you hear women in the Bible, you think of Rahab, Mary, Deborah. Right. Like there's a Mm -hmm. few women that are like, oh, like you think were I think think Rahab is part of the group. I think so. And I think it's almost sometimes like a negative connotation. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, when we speak about women in the Bible or when you hear about women in the Bible, it's also the Ruth, the Naomi's, the Mary. Yeah. You know, every once in a while they throw in Mary Magdalene a little bit, Uh uh, whatever. Um, I I mean, I guess I would say then Rahab is on that list, but maybe not the ones that come to mind immediately. But she's on the list and she's a very pivotal, important person in the Bible. And I think that that's, you know, one of the things that um, we try to highlight in our Sunday school class is the fact that I don't think a lot of people realize her importance and her role 
especially in connection to Jesus. Yeah. And it was funny because in asking the question, like, mm-hmm. who is Rahab? Like, people had thoughts and ideas, yeah. but they didn't have the full story. Yeah, right. Yeah. And in honest, you know, honestly, it wasn't until, you know, getting ready to teach and all of that where you really sit and not just read the story, but mm. study it. Right. And look up meanings of words and and names and definitions. Right. Um, Which is something we encourage people all the time to do when you read the Bible. Just don't read it. Right. Study it. Yes. And, uh, you know, so in talking about Rahab and coming across her story, we see that she was a prostitute. The Mm -hmm. Bible calls her a harlot. Right. And every time we read her name. Right. For the most part, we see her title right we see her issue or her identity as the harlot the prostitute mm. right and is one of those things where go ahead you want to say something yeah i think yeah. that it's we i think i think that's where a part of the debate is yeah um the idea that is it her identity to be called the prostitute or the harlot or is it just a consequence of being part of something that maybe yeah. you shouldn't have been a part of yeah that now you got to kind of carry for your life but because mm-hmm. i wouldn't you know at the end of her story yeah she's still not a prostitute at the end yeah. of her story she's still not a harlot but we speak about uh the reasoning behind why anytime she is brought up biblically um it always starts off with uh rahab the prostitute yeah or the harlot depending on your translation yeah and we also discussed how there were bible versions that tried to get rid of that yes right yeah yeah. and uh, more modern bible versions that tried to just get rid of that right and it's one of those things where you know it definitely like you said it adds to her story and Mm -hmm. to the power and to the impact right of Rahab and who she was and the story of what happened, right? We know the spies were, you know, they were, uh, Joshua sent two spies to look over the land. They enter the home and, you know, the king finds out that they were there and Rahab, right, whom were the spies, they were there at her house. She protected them. She hid them on her roof and, you know, she basically told them how, yo, our people are scared, Mm -hmm. right? And they're scared of everything because, you know, we've heard We've mm-hmm. heard the 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 victories that you've had. We've heard how, you know, the Egyptians, you know, uh, died basically, right? Mm-hmm. And were destroyed in the Red Sea and how God, you know, split that sea. And, you know, they're trembling mm-hmm. in fear. Like, this is like a legit thing. And it's just funny because, you know, she asked for basically their mercy, mm-hmm. right? And for grace for her and not only her, for but for her family to be spared yeah. from the upcoming battle, right, that was coming. And it's one of those things that, you know, in talking, she recognized what was in Joshua and, you know, the people there, those spies, right? Mm. Like she recognized the power and she had heard of what God had done in their life, you know? And it's one of those things where, you know, we oftentimes will meet people that they know about God or they've Mm. heard what God has done. They've heard testimonies from other people, but yet yet they themselves haven't experienced it, right? Mm-hmm. They themselves don't have a testimony or a story yet to share, but they've heard, right? And even just a simple, you know, power of hearing 
another story we see has impact and can cause change in someone's life because this is what moved Rahab, right? Mm -hmm. She heard of their, the power of God. She heard what God had done. She heard of, you know, how powerful they were. And she recognized there's a battle coming. I need your mercy and grace. I need Mm -hmm. for my life to be spared and not only my life, but my family's life. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of the interesting things is that when Rahab is having this conversation with the spy, she says, we've all heard of what's been going on. We've heard all heard about the way that God has been using his people X, Y and Z. And I always you know, I think it's important to also understand that the same opportunity that she had, Mm -hmm. which was to. Um, come to the realization that you know what God is their God is real their God is the legit God their God is the God of all God type of situation and humble herself and be like you know what I I want I want to experience this for example I feel like all the other people had the same opportunity as well but it was a position of heart Mm -hmm. their heart positioning was not in a place that allowed them to then be like, you know what, let's surrender. Or you know what, let's ask God for forgiveness. Or you know what, let's do X, Y, and Z. Everyone else's position of heart was different. They yeah. stood in their evil ways. They stood in their desire to not want to, you know, seek to know who this God was, even though they had heard of all the crazy things he had been doing. You know, so I think that there are people out there in 2023 that are exactly the same way, mm-hmm. where you have people who hear of, a, you know, last week we were speaking about the whole revival situation happening in Asbury and all that stuff and you know there's some people that hear that and are like oh man you're like drawn to it like you know like oh my god yeah. like, i want to experience that as well and you have other people that are looking at it like those are some whack jobs that are just crazy and you know whatever position of heart you know you have to be open and willing to experience god and god will you know show up for that but you know the rest of them were not yeah and you have to recognize the people of jericho and canaan were not so good right yeah they were people that you know were in involved in idol worship they mm-hmm. had rituals and would do sacrifices and yeah. they had a lot of the of negative things attached to their identity and their mm-hmm. name right and you know they worship the goddess of the moon and mm-hmm. all of these things and here rahab is a part of those people mm-hmm. you know and this is what rahab knows and not only that on top of all of this she is also a harlot and known for that right mm-hmm. and her home was actually you know on one of the walls of jericho mm-hmm. right like it was right there and you know when the spies kind of hear her request they tell her you know she has to distinguish her house from all the other houses um and that's where we see the scarlet rope right mm-hmm. that's hanging out the window so they know that's the house to spare her family has to be inside the house and she can't basically betray the spies at the end of this right Mm. like you can't turn your back on us but we see that when all of this happens right um she's obedient to all the instructions and does what she has to do um they destroyed the city of jericho Mm -hmm. and this is like one of those things where it's like pretty harsh everyone destroyed every man every woman right like everyone destroyed Mm. But Rahab and her family were spared, right? And, you know, it goes to show you the idea of that scarlet rope. And this is where, you know, I love reading the Bible and I love, you know, the intentionality behind it all because I know it just wasn't a scarlet rope because it had to be that or just, you know, was a random thing they had there. Like, I I believe truly when you think of the, you know, color scarlet and the idea of blood, right? It was a representation of Jesus, even mm-hmm. all the way in the Old Testament, right? When you want to see, you know, or question how is Jesus in the New te- in the Old Testament? Like, where is he? Jesus is all over, you know, the Old 
Testament. And we see that that scarlet rope that hung out that window that distinguished her house also kind of, you know, reminds us of the Passover, right? When God told the people, Mm -hmm. right? And told Moses, put the blood on the doorposts. When the angel sees that he's going to pass through that house and, and, you know, not kill the firstborn, you know, we experienced a scarlet rope, right? We experienced that redemption as well. And here Rahab is experiencing that with her family, you know, and she could have been selfish. She could have been greedy and she could have been like, you know, save me, get me Mm -hmm. out of here, you know, protect me. Instead, she recognized this power that they have and this power that, you know, their God has that I've heard about. I want to experience that. I want to be saved, but not only me, I want my family to be saved as well. And I think there's a certain level of respect, I guess we can give that or honor the idea that she could have just asked for mercy for herself. Mm -hmm. And in turn, she acts not only for her to be saved, but also for her family. Yeah. And I think that it's also important to, you know, I, I also look at it from like the family's perspective as well. You know, they had to be in on the decision. And what I mean by that is, is that there couldn't have been a Judas in the group. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was going to be like, yeah, yeah. And then they're like setting them up to get caught after the fact. You know, they, they also had to have position of heart to understand and be like, you know what? It's true. I think. You know, we need to make this decision, not simply for the fact of our physical salvation, but also for the salvation of our souls. Yeah. You know, so and I think that one of the the interesting things that, you know, came up in our conversation um, in the class and, you know, the second time around, too, because Rahab came up again in another lesson uh, was the idea of, you know, identity Mm -hmm. and how whether or not you should be bound to your identity before Christ. Um, you know, and, you know, you have this specific example of Rahab, you know, the harlot before she met Jesus uh, or had received God into her heart. Um, Jesus' New Testament, not Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, you know, somebody uh, brought up the conversation of uh, this, uh, this former secular rapper who gave his heart to God many years ago um, who was... Um, who now has that identity as well as, you know, ex reggaetonero fulano de tal um, on whether or not you should be carrying that. Like, is that a good thing that when someone refers to you, they refer to you as who you used to be or is it not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, there's so many people that we can think of, you know, I think of someone, um, you know, his name is Joshua Broom and he was actually, Um, And he's an ex-porn star. Mm -hmm. And every time, you know, he was an ex-porn star, he's now, you know, Christian, saved, and kind of going around, like, you know, talking about that industry and talking about, you know, all of that world, right? And, um, you know, giving his testimony and sharing his testimony. But every time I see him in an interview on the news or, you know, on social media and people are talking about him, it's like, you know, Joshua Broom, the ex-porn star, mm-hmm. right? And it's one of those things where he's spoken and he said that he knows he will have to carry that with him probably mm-hmm. for the rest of his life, right? But he also recognizes the door and the opportunity that that carrying that offers him, right? And I think it's one thing for you to recognize that, yes, you can have a past. Yes, you can have a struggle. Yes, you can have something that in your past you've dealt with, right? But at the same time, um, it is 
so important that you recognize that, but you don't carry that as your identity or accept that as your identity now. Mm -hmm. So it's okay for people to recognize, hey, that's the guy that was this. That's the guy that was that. That's the girl that was this, right? Because people are so easily, uh, can easily remember, right? And it's so difficult for them to forget what you did, who you are, and all of that, right? God forgets, it's hard for people to forget that, right? Um, But it's another thing for you to now take that identity back Mm -hmm. and carry it and live with that, right? Mm -hmm. I I do believe that there is a level of restoration. There is a level of, you know, transformation that happens in your life that you don't have to identify with those things anymore, right? Now, if people, okay are going to in their humanness not be able to separate the two Mm -hmm. and not be able to recognize that and kind of call you by what you were or Mm -hmm. who you were right you have to learn to be able to detach yourself from that right and you know we see even in the new testament hebrews chapter 11 you know that is like the hall of faith the hall of fame right if you had faith in the bible you want to be there where it says by rate by faith rahab the prostitute Mm. did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies literally in the new testament she's referred to again as the prostitute yeah you know how why that's there why that's included we don't know the you know Mm -hmm. the answer to that but one thing i do know is that by reading that we can recognize that although rahab was a prostitute she made the decision right Mm -hmm. to not only hear about what god was doing but also act on what she heard yeah right and respond with like you said that change of heart posture and Mm -hmm. position so can that serve as an example to us that regardless of your past or regardless of what you've done in your life, you know, people may still label you that or recognize you as that, but you know, you can make a difference. And with that change of heart, with that change of, you know, position in your life, there can be a transformation. Absolutely. Yeah. But you may have to just deal with people, mm-hmm. right. That will have a hard time separating that. Yeah. You know, and I feel like Unfortunately, that may be the cross you have to bear. Um, But I also look at it from the perspective of that. I feel that as Christians, um, we're always uh, or there's a group of people who look at us as cookie cutter, um, never made any mistakes, have never sinned, have never done this. We think we're perfect, all this other stuff um, because of the fact that we really don't go around sharing you know, things that we may have done or things that we may have experienced or people? in general. Oh, in general. In general. <laughs> I was like, wait, who are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so, and then what that does is that it creates this false environment yeah. where people who have past experiences think that they are not able to enter into a church community yeah. because they are carrying the title of X whatever prostitute this that or whatever um but when the bible so masterfully masterfully um allows the story of someone who had a life that experienced and did things that they weren't supposed to do to give their heart to god and god honor them to mm-hmm. the point that they are part of Jesus' lineage, yeah. I think that it creates an opportunity for us to show that anyone with mm-hmm. any background, with any past experience, with any whatever, is still worthy of God's mercy 
and grace. Yeah. You know, so even though it can be kind of messed up that, it, you know, anytime the Bible re- relates uh, a reference um, Rahab, it's, you know, with the prostitute or the harlot in it. You know, I also look at it as an opportunity and a reminder for yeah. us to remember that when it comes to this walk of faith, when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to believing in God, it is for everyone, especially those that find themselves in those dark and dangerous places today. Yeah. And it's one of those things, like you said, she is listed in the genealogy of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's one of those things where, you know, when you look at right the Bible and you look at how intentional and how purposeful everything is, you see in Matthew, mm-hmm. right, chapter one in the first chapter that Rahab married a man named Salmon, right, mm-hmm. who was an Israelite from the tribe of Judah. He was a part of God's people, right? Which lets us know she married someone from God's, you know, God's people, which lets us know she was married in, Mm -hmm. right, into God's people. But also there was a change in her life Mm -hmm. for an Israelite man, right, to see this woman, right? There had to have been a change for then for this union to have happened. On top of that, right, her son was Boaz. Mm -hmm. Boaz was Ruth's husband, Mm -hmm. right, who like pivotal people in the Bible. Right. And we see that later on, right. All the way through all these different people, we end up at Jesus. Yep. And it's listed in Matthew one, five, you will see Rahab's name, right. In the lineage of Jesus, because Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth and Obed was the father of Jesse. And you see right there, right. All the way goes down to Jesus letting you know, right that God can take a Rahab. God can take something that has an identity that is tarnished or an identity that is stained or an identity that is bruised by people, right? And labeled by people. God can take that and restore it. So I think if anything, when we read the story of Rahab, when we see, you know, her background and when we see the person that she was, let's not forget, right? Who she then became, Let's not forget what God was able to do through her. Let's not forget her faith in not only hearing about God and not only hearing about the God of Joshua and his people, but also (laughs) wanting to experience that God and wanting to be a part of that movement. Last week, we were talking about that revival, right, in Asbury. And it's like, you know, we want to be a part of that movement. We may not be able to go to Kentucky, but hey, we can start that here, right? And we can be a part of a movement within our local church, right? So it's one of those things where, This should serve us as an opportunity to know that even in the most messed up areas of our life, in the most messed up, you know, struggles of our life, God is able to restore if we let him. God is able to, you know, bring back to life and revive, you know, all those areas of our life that, you know, are dead or that are struggling. And ultimately, you know, we'll see that restoration play out. And Rahab probably never, you know, she never got to meet Jesus and see Jesus on earth, right? And be like, wow, and have that full circle moment, okay? But we see that she is listed as having that faith. And she is listed in one of the most important genealogies, you know, which is the genealogy of Jesus. And, you know, if anything, if there's something that we can get out of her story, it's knowing that God can truly restore when you let him. God can truly work when you let him. And having the courage and the faith to step out, right? You hear about something and you're hearing about what God is doing, step out and go towards that movement and be a part of that movement. Yeah, you know, and I think that at the end of the day, we've mentioned this a lot of times as well, where sometimes the enemy 
you know, tries to keep you hostage based off of whatever you have done in the past. Yeah. Even people that are, you know, you know, it was like they had a moment and then, you know, they ask God for forgiveness, but they find themselves not being able to get back up and to get back out, get back out there because of whatever title, whatever, you know, sin, whatever, whatever, you know, the enemy is constantly reminding them of pinning on them to wear as a scarlet letter when we need to be able to just shake that off. You know, give that area to God to restore and then also flip it on the enemy and use it as an opportunity and as a tool for you to minister to anybody else who may be going through that same thing, who may have made the same mistake you did, who may have made the wrong decision that you made and let them know it, you know, it's not the end. Yeah, it's not the end. You know, you make mistakes. We're human. This isn't a free pass to do whatever you want. But at the end of the day, we're human and we're going to do dumb things. So when you do those dumb things, you go to God for forgiveness and then when the opportunity arises, use that to motivate somebody else who's been going through the same thing you were. And recognizing the people around you, right? Don't discount them or disqualify mm -hmm. them because of their past or because of their present, yeah. right? There are times that we can see people and think like nothing good can come out of that. Mm -hmm. Or we can see people and be like, oh, they're not at a place where they can do that. Or yeah, yeah. we can look at someone and think, yeah, they'll never amount to be that. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, no, that's not the type of person they are, right? Don't disqualify people based on their present situation. Yeah. Don't label them based on their present situation. Don't identify someone based on their struggle or based on their issue. Because I'm sure so many people knew Rahab so many people passed through her room <laughs> so many people passed through her home mm -hmm. they knew Rahab right but they also had to know the Rahab that encountered God they also had to know the Rahab that encountered you know the saving grace of God and the saving mercy of God so when you see those people maybe in your life that are around you and it just seems like people are discounting them and counting them out and and not including them and not you know thinking that anything good can come out of their life because of their present situation be that person to speak life in that situation be the person to step in and intervene and let them know no something good can come out of this individual right let's work with them let's minister to them let's help them let's be a support in their life you know because i'm sure a lot of people were surprised at rahab and her story and you know i'm sure that you know there may be people even today that read her story and may question like how god can extend such grace and how god can extend such mercy and that's when we truly don't understand his grace and his mercy we truly can't put to words what that means right so if you are in a place or in a situation where there's people around you or there's someone around you and it just seems like no good is coming out, right? Like they're not on the right path. It just seems like, you know, their present situation and struggle is just way too much for God to use them or for God to do something in their life. It's never too late, right? It's never too late. Be that person that literally will grab them, help them, let them know you are there for them, right? And and be one of the people that then eventually they can turn around and say, when I was in my low moment, when people counted me out because of how I looked or how I dressed or my appearance or what I was going through, there was one person, right, that reached out to me. There was someone that, you know, would always, you know, say hello and always treat me well and always respect me, right? You want to be that person, mm -hmm. right, for someone else. So I think Rahab, when we look at her story and we look at her situation, we can be so encouraged and blessed and knowing that we are Rahab at times. Yeah.
Yeah, and I think that, you know, we have heard of these testimonies of people who, you know, after they've, you know, fixed their life and given their heart to God, you know, will give those shout outs, those that recognition to so and so who, even though they knew I was living a messed up life, never treated me different to so and so that anytime they saw me, they, you know, they prayed for me and they were happy to see me. So, you know, and I think that we have moments like that, that we come in contact with especially when you're in a church community where you know someone has left the church for whatever reason and then you see them around town or sometimes they may show up to visit for like a resurrection sunday or a special service and you have to make sure that when you interact with that individual that you don't treat them differently yeah if back in the day you would have given them two high fives and you had a secret handshake try to do the secret handshake again to show (laughs) them like hey you know we're still like i still love you you know we miss you we hope to see you again that type of scenario if they look a little different don't point it out yeah Be like oh now you have a mohawk who cares if they have a mohawk <laughs> let them rock if anything say you know all right that's cool that's a that's a look right <laughs> you know it, and i think it's super mega important because at the end of the day we are not here to push people away from god yeah we're here to push them towards god and not even push them guide them strongly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, strongly suggest yeah, strongly suggest and it's one of those out. it's one of those things where again we have to remember we are Rahab at times. Yeah, absolutely. We have that attitude. We have, you know, that uh, personality sometimes about us where we have to be reminded, Ephesians 2, 8, right? We have been saved by grace through faith. Mm-hmm. We all need God's grace. We all need God's mercy. You are not exempt from it because you are a pastor or because you've been a Christian for 30 plus years, right? We are all in need of God's saving grace. And at times we are Rahab. We're knowing what to do. We do the opposite and knowing what's right. We do what's wrong. And we need, right, that scarlet cord, that scarlet rope, right, that God's blood, God's mercy, God's grace to cover our life, right, to spare our life and and experience that, that mercy that hopefully brings us to knowing him more and loving him more and wanting to do what's right and ultimately right where at the end of it all we can be you know uh greeted by god and Mm -hmm. acknowledged by god as having faith that despite of what you went through and despite of your circumstance you pushed through and you embraced his grace and you know you're here to celebrate with him for eternity amen so with that we just want to say as always Make sure that if you haven't subscribed, that you do subscribe. You could do a little bit. I already had jumped and I started to do your thing. Yes, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at God Life Culture Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Review, leave us a rating that helps put our podcast in front of more people. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can check out our visuals there. And we hope to see you March 10th through the 12th for our As For Me and My House Family Conference. DM us on Instagram for more information yeah so once again thank you for tuning into the latest episode of the god life culture podcast that's god God life Life Culture. culture until next time see ya bye